Welcome to the Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 with a new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Welcome in to the Baseball Show with me, Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. If you are a Cubs fan, if you're a White Sox fan, if you're a fan of Major League Baseball, this is the show for you, totally interactive. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number, or hit me up on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Again, ESPN MLB Show. You go to that Twitter and follow along. You'll be able to see video of Major League Baseball, some of those practices from across the country, also the latest news and notes from Major League Baseball, always on one feed, ESPN MLB Show. That is the Twitter for the baseball show. So glad that you're with us here. A number of things we're going to talk about with our favorite teams the Cubs and the White Sox. I was reading Sports Illustrated earlier today, and they have um, categories when it comes to how to look at baseball for the 2020 season. They have different categories, like totally worth it, don't look away, you could do worse, a better game is on maybe, and keep a hand on the remote. Oh, there's one other one, and that is avert your eyes. So we're trying to figure out where the Cubs and Sox are when it comes to watchability for this upcoming season. We know the storylines on both sides of town. On the Cubs side of town, it is trying to have a redemption year. Looking at how the Cubs underachieved after the last couple of years after winning the World Series in 2016, you're trying to figure out if the Cubs have anything left. The, a lot of those players from the 2016 team still on the Cubs, the core still on the team. Now, even in these 60 games in this pandemic-riddled season that we have right now, the question is, do the Cubs have what it takes to be able to have one more run at this thing? I said many times after the Cubs won the World Series in 2016 that this team should be able to win the World Series a couple of times under Theo Epstein's reign. Uh, I believe in Theo as an executive. He and Jed Hoyer do a terrific job, but... The water was turned off financially for the Cubs last year. But again, from their payroll standpoint, from a talent standpoint, you would think that the Cubs would be able to be a perennial playoff team to do some major damage in the postseason. One World Series championship. And that's one is better than many teams around Major League Baseball. But the point is, though, is that this roster should be good enough to be able to do it again at some point. If not this roster, maybe next year's roster under Theo Epstein. We will see. Uh, from the Sox standpoint, as I just talked to Waddle and Sylvie about earlier uh, to uh, get ready for this show, it is youth and it's a commitment to winning. It's the intersection of both the youth from Luis Robert to be able to see young players like Madrigal and others that are on this roster. And then on the other side of it, having that commitment to winning because of a windfall of cash that was put into free agency, Grandal's on the top of that list. Keiko's on the top of that list. When you have that mixture of saying, okay, We've been standing still as an organization for a long time. Turnstiles aren't clicking, not getting butts and seats over a guaranteed rate. TV, radio ratings are low. We need to do something to be noticed around here and compete in the American League Central. And when we see the White Sox and what they've been able to do, you could see 
the commitment is there. Han says, we're going to spend X amount of dollars on free agency, fill some holes, and then move forward from here. From the pitching standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, it looks better on paper, but you know the story. It's, it is the intersection of young players and veterans on this team. So where are the Cubs and Sox as far as where you place them amongst these categories? So I was going through Sports Illustrated, and they were going through and talking about the teams that you would just avert your eyes, that you don't want to see these teams right now. And, and I think it's interesting that they are making this list, even though 60 games, it is a roll of the dice that anyone could be able to get hot. But they're looking at it from a roster standpoint, and they look at um, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates, hot streaks last year, first in April, uh, then just before the All-Star break, and they just weren't very good. Avert your eyes for the Pirates. The Giants, avert your eyes there. You're looking for some aging inspiration. Look no further. The first three hitters in the lineup, Crawford and Longoria and Belt. The first two pitchers in the rotations are Jeff Samarja and Johnny Cueto. Yeah, they're all over 30 years of age. Um, Kansas City with the Royals. Well, you know, young Mondesi is a, a nice player, but he's recovering from shoulder surgery. But that's a team that's just dormant. Kansas City, that same Kansas City team under Ned Yost at one point, that actually they actually won the World Series. Uh, not the same team, but the point is that that name, Kansas City, actually won a World Series just recently, and now they're right back to where they started uh, in the basement. Baltimore, the question that they pose is, can they really be worse than they were last year? It's not the sexiest question uh, to drive interest in the team, but the question is all the time, Baltimore, can they be as bad as they were last year? And Seattle also is on this list. So that's avert your eyes. So the Cubs and Sox are not in a position where you avert your eyes. So what about keep your hand on the remote? If you're going to watch a little bit and you say, ah, you know what, I'm not not interested in this. Well, on this list is Philadelphia, uh, the Phillies uh, led by Joe Girardi. Let's borrow an old saying from a new manager, the 2020 Phillies are not necessarily what you want, but they're fine. That's exactly what uh, uh, Joe Girardi was uh, going going for when he's talking about the Phillies this year. Um, Joey Gallo and the Texas Rangers. that's a team. It says keep your hand on the remote because you just never know. Uh, Colorado Rockies on this list, and also the Miami Marlins. Keep your hand on the remote. Um, so that's the category for that. A better game is on, maybe. Maybe you look up for some else. San Diego Padres. Uh, you take a look at Fra- uh, Francisco Tatis Jr. What a, what a terrific young player he is for the Padres. The San, uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Maybe a better game is on. That's the category for them. The Arizona Diamondbacks is on this list. Toronto Blue Jays and the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, there's plenty of fun here with Yelich and Kane and others. There's also rotation. They are two very distinctive categories with no overlap. Um, so it looks like Sports Illustrated, amongst others, might be down on the Brewers. As we talk about this on the baseball show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000. So the Cubs and Sox are not avert your eyes, and they're not ha- keep your hand on the remote, and then that on a better game is on. Okay, so what about this? You could do worse category. The Reds are on here. Fun is relative, they say about the Reds. Um, and yeah, they really are. You got Castellanos and Moustakis. It's a team that many in Vegas are looking at as a team that very well could win the division. That's a real catapult. That's a real jump, isn't it, from who they've been to what they could be in 2020. But in a 60-game season, you just never know. The Indians on this list with Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez, they got the potential to be the most fun infield tandem in baseball. Uh, the Red Sox, 
Chris Sale. Are Chris Sale's Tommy John surgery and the loss of Mookie Betts responsible for all Boston's decline in watchability? Um, a big question there for their upcoming season. And also in this category, for uh, you can do worse, the Cubs and the Sox are on this list. The White Sox rebuild is over, as you well know, with Gilito and Robert and Moncada and Dylan Cease and Madrigal. Um, there's a lot of good young and veteran talent on this roster. For the Cubs, it says here, this is almost the exact same team as the Cubs fielded in 2019. Sanz, um, Castellanos, and Cole Hamels. That means some notably fun spots like Javier Baez and some notable question marks the pen that should even uh, be able to bear out this upcoming season. Um, they believe that they are a middle of the road as far as watchability is concerned. Well, let me give you my thoughts on that. You could do worse as a category for both the Cubs and Sox. Um, they're not in the totally worth it category with the Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, Twins, and Braves. Um, but I would say that the White Sox are on the don't look away category. That's what I would say. Because along with the Nationals and the Angels with, with uh, Joe Madden, with Tampa, with their young squad, <laughs> surprise, right? Tampa has a lot of good young players. That's really been a lot of uh, who they've been. That's the, really the bane of their existence for a long time. Uh, at the Oakland A's, the Mets, those are good teams. But I would say the Sox are in the don't look away category because of what I've doc- talked about. Now, you could do better or you could do worse. I would say that that's where the Cubs are right now because when I look at the Cubs, I still see them as a team that's over 500, even for these 60 games. Now, I could see them in the wild card as well. I've not made my official predictions. We'll do that next week. But I see the Cubs as a playoff team that can be able to hang in there in the National League Central. But And that's only based on the roster. Like, how am I going to turn my back on Hayward? How am I going to turn my back on, like, Rizzo uh, when he's healthy and Bryant and what Schwarber could be as a DH or left fielder? And I, you know, the pitching could have some question marks as far as the starters, but not to the point where I think, ah, the Cubs are done. Cubs are not done. And, and the White Sox are ascending just based on its roster. And everything has to come down to chemistry. You know how baseball is. Everything's about chemistry. So, Tyler, put that on the poll at ESPN 1000, at ESPN MLB Show. How do you describe the Cubs and White Sox? Do you, do you describe uh, the Cubs and Sox as you could do worse? Um, don't look away or totally worth it as far as watchability this season. Uh, I think that the Sox at the very least is don't look away um, and could very well be totally worth it. But with the Cubs, you could do worse and they've got to be able to get better. Just they've got to be the team that uh, I think that they should be. And that's actually a contender in the national league. 312-332-ESPN, 332 is our phone number. You tell me. Am I missing it when it comes to Cubs baseball this upcoming season? Are they totally worth it for you to watch and be invested? Or is it one of these things where it's like uh, you could do worse? Uh, And same thing with the White Sox. I want to hear from Sox fans as well about that on Twitter at ESPN MLB show and on the phone lines. Like, I think that the Sox uh, this upcoming season for a sample size might be, hey, don't look away because you never know what you're going to see with this White Sox team. Uh, so let, let me get your thoughts on that. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our telephone number. Still to come, we'll take a look at uh, a an interesting parallel between Otani from the Angels and G. Lito, the starter for the White Sox. We'll have that and more as we move forward right here on the Baseball Show. 
Four balls, three strikes, a double play, and one place to hear the baseball show with Jonathan Hood. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. The baseball show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show, at ESPN MLB Show. So glad that you're with us here on this uh, Wednesday night as we talk to you about um, Major League Baseball, the Cubs, and the White Sox. And don't forget, if you don't get a chance to hear our show live at 6 o'clock right after Wallen and Sylvie, make sure you check out the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, click the baseball show. You can catch up on content on the baseball show. Just my thoughts on the Cubs and Sox as we get closer and closer to the baseball season uh, starting. And so, as always, we appreciate your support as we start our new venture, the baseball show, uh, giving you, the fan, a voice. That's why I open the phone lines to you. It's one thing for me to give my theories, but I really always want to get your thoughts as well because these are your teams as well, the Cubs and Sox. And if you're a Major League Baseball fan, this is your time to jump in as well. Uh, for other teams outside the Cubs and Sox. So 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. And, and we're just trying to figure out, like, how do you put in a category the Cubs and the White Sox for this upcoming season? We're going to put the poll up uh, at ESPN MLB Show for you to be able to vote on on how you classify them. And I, I just think for the White Sox, it's really don't look away because we don't know what we're going to see uh, with, um, with Robert um, in the outfield. And, and to me... I'm always very cautiously optimistic when it comes to young players. And it's one thing to read all these great things about Robert and Madrigal and some of these other players, but it's really, it comes down to the production you see on the field for a body of work. I can see all the practices and read all the great stuff all day, the flowery adjectives about Robert and some of the other young players in the White Sox. But until you see it on the field, it's hard to just say, that's the man. Well, you don't know. And for the Cubs, it is, you know, uh, you could be worse. I think that the Cubs have a lot of work to do here. And the 60-game sample size with a new manager and David Ross, there's some work to do on Clark and Addison. Let's see if they can get it done in 2020. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Let me get your phone calls in here. Let me go to Chatham. Beautiful Chatham here is Rick on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hi, Rick. Hey, Hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I... I, I look at the Bulls. I mean, I, I just compare them to the Bulls. You know, the most compelling piece of TV. Over who's, this that, who's them, thing. Rick? Who's them? Uh, the both teams, the Cubs oh. and the Sox. They're oh. both the Bulls at different stages of their rise. It's like the whole thing, like the last dance. The Sox are like the Bulls before their first championship. You know, everybody's hopeful. You got these players, the young, this youth. And the Cubs are like just, can we get one more before, you know, this team, you got salary issues and things like that and uh, going on. And you think maybe maybe we can get another one, you know. So I think it's just a different thing. So I, I think the Sox are ascending the, uh, on the phone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think the Sox are ascending and the, and, and, and the Cubs want to get one more. So that's 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 my take on it. I'm excited, and the exciting thing is that they're going to be playing each other. You know, let, let and that man, uh, let that man know. Let that man know, Rick, that you're on the phone. That you're gonna get. You, you gotta talk, you're talking to the baseball show. You don't have time for that nonsense. <laughs> Tell him. 
Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be doing a Zoom uh, outdoor drive-through graduation tomorrow. I, we got to do sound for it, so it's crazy COVID. So I it see, is I, what it is. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you gave us a little time, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, Rick from Chatham checking in. Leaves line open three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six. Okay, when he talks about uh, a young Bulls team. The one thing for the White Sox is for, for them to be seasoned, they got to get beat around a little bit. You know, the, the parallel to the Bulls is like this. Before the Bulls actually were the Bulls in the Michael Jordan era, they had to get, uh, they had to take a few lumps, losing to Milwaukee early, early in the Jordan years, losing to um, Cleveland, trying to get past the Cavaliers, getting, trying to get past the Pistons, then trying to take on an aging Laker team and finally winning the worst, their first World's Championship, their first NBA title. So for the White Sox in that same way, the Sox have to compete. I would say it's against the Twins in the American League Central. I think the Twins are pretty stacked, especially their lineup. Um, they added some veteran presence, especially with Donaldson on that team. So I, I would say that uh, that the Sox would have to take their lumps a little bit in order to have that same parallel with a young Bulls team. When when you see Minnesota, and I would say that that's the biggest threat for the White Sox this year, you, you look at, at adding Donaldson to the team, um, having Buxton in center field, having Polanco, um, they've got some really solid players on that roster. Nelson Cruz, so they've got some really good players in the roster. Now it's up to seeing if Rick Renneria can get past uh, Rocco Baldelli uh, and the Twins this year. That's I think that might be the battle. That might be the jam in the American League Central. We'll see. Rick, I'm glad you checked in. Appreciate your phone call. Now you see Rick leaves line open, 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. All right, as I wait for your calls and get your response on Twitter, at ESPN MLB Show, let's go to Anthony Rizzo, because Rizzo, the grizzled veteran for the Cubs, I got a chance to speak to the press today about a number of things. Of course, the story came from Jesse Rogers from ESPN.com regarding the uh, back issues with Anthony Rizzo. Um First, Rizzo was talking about COVID-19 only in this regard. He says that um, Rizzo believes more guys will opt out because of COVID-19. I think some more players will opt out. I think, you know, it's, it's listen, this is, we are in a pandemic. We are all at risk. We are all want to play baseball because that's what we love to do. And we have an opportunity to bring joy to a lot of people at our home and through these tough times. So. But we are we are all human, and if if guys start testing positive left and right, and this gets out of control, I'm sure you'll see some guys opt out. Um, but I think I, what Darvish said yesterday, him coming in and being kind of, you know, on the fence and seeing how amazing the Cubs have been with all the protocols and getting on top of everything, and and I mean credit to all of our guys for the most part for for coming in and, and staying safe on, you know, obviously you can't control, you go pick up something at the grocery store and you get it. You can't control that, but as being as safe as you can away. So, um, you know, I think generally a lot of people want to play and, and that's what we want to do. And it's just about staying safe. There is no bubble situation for major league baseball. Like it is for soccer and for the NBA uh, and the WNBA 
Um, once the players leave, they go back to their homes, wherever they are, and then they come back to the ballpark. So you just don't know where ball players are going. I don't think they're purposely trying to get COVID-19 or looking to get it. It's just that this is where we are now in our country. And so um, remember, the story from Jesse talks about the uh, MRI showing inflammation in the lower back of uh, Anthony Rizzo. He's dealt with this several times in his career. And so Rizzo was asked uh, about the uh, the back issues um, that he's had. Could he spend time on the IL? Um, I don't think so, just because I I know I can manage. I mean, I manage through a lot. So, um, But we're going to take it day to day. I'd rather miss, you know, a couple of games early if, if, if necessary than, you know, a big chunk. So I think it's kind of similar to 18 when it was early in the year, ended up, I think, missing six or eight games. Um, where if it was later in the year, we would have played those games. So uh, it's kind of you just play the risk-reward right now. I mean, I, we know how important every game is. So for me personally, I'm going to be pushing to to get back as fast as I can and, and take the risk because the reward of being with the guys and playing alongside of them is is worth it for me. We have seen across the Major League Baseball landscape across this country, not every team, but there's a number of teams that have had a hard time being able to get their COVID testing results returned to them, which is just, I guess that is just a reflection of society for some people that want to be able to find out whether or not they have COVID or not, should they be quarantined or not. And it is a a big storyline in Major League Baseball. Cubs have had issues with this among other teams. And so Rizzo was asked about um, the testing problems, and he believes at some point it will be solved. I think that with the pending tests, it will be cleaned up by opening day. Uh, I think it needs to be. If you have, we're on a getaway day, and John Lester's our starter, and he has a pending test. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard for us to scramble. Um, if, if you know, say we get down to the twenty-five or twenty-six man roster, and that happens, so I think they'll. Uh, I'm sure they're working on it right now already to, to make sure by opening day everything is, you know, running as smooth as possible. We knew there would be hiccups um, two, two plus weeks in. Uh, so I think I am confident that all of these little hiccups will be taken care of. Um, I don't know how. That's not my job, but I know I'm sure it's being worked on. Are the guys in the room as patient as you are? Um, you know, we, we didn't sign up for, for these, these bad protocols as far as testing, you know, uh, the biggest thing for us is the safety. Uh, there's a lot of guys, even umpires too, taking a lot of risk. Um, and we commend everyone, all the umpires and, and our guys. Um, and we signed up for, you know, the every other day testing, which is, is going very smoothly right now. Uh, we're, we're getting our results back in a timely manner, which, we feel good about um, obviously you can't control the pending tests. So I think that's just something that, you know, maybe we didn't see happening at first. And, and I think we will smooth that over. I think the right thing is when guys are pending, they've been staying, staying home and it's probably frustrating to miss practice and not be with us, but it's smart. And uh, that's what this is all about is being smart and getting this done. Hey, uh, Anthony, do you think they ought to just leave the rosters at 30 all season, maybe because of this, it, just just because he's pending results? Um, I think that by opening day, you know, there will be a solution for this. I mean, 
I know, you know, there's the rapid test that you can get and the nose test and stuff like that. So, um, but like I said, I just think that to clean the pending part up, because there will be pending tests, maybe they could speed that up at the factory that they're doing it. Who knows? You know, if someone's pending, you get a, you turn that around quicker. I know they're working with every single team there. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. So some thoughts there from Anthony Rizzo, some really solid thoughts from him regarding um, COVID testing and what's going on with him. Uh, one of the uh, pillars for this Cubs team will last few years over at first base for the Cubs. We will crack open the Major League Baseball notebook. Giolito and, uh, and Otani, there is a parallel. I'll tell you about it next right here on the Baseball Show. Welcome to the Baseball Show. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Catch up on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile for the podcast on the new ESPN Chicago app. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. It's ESPN MLB Show. We're always um, tweeting and retweeting Baseball information, it's just your one-stop place for baseball on Twitter, at ESPN MLB Show. We get send you videos from across the, uh, the league as they are practicing, getting ready for baseball season. And we've got that poll question up as well, at ESPN MLB Show. Um, Jay Hood wants to know, I don't know why, Tyler, it's just me. Don't you want to know, too, or is it just my question? Well, these are your questions, so I'll, I'll let you ask them. I love how you just separate yourself from the show. Just work in the shift. Um <laughs> We we want to know how do you classify the White Sox watchability for this season? Uh, and the same question for the Cubs. How do you classify the Cubs watchability for this season? On the White Sox side, 48% of you say it's totally worth it. 34% of you say you could do worse. Uh, for the Cubs, same questions, right? What what As far as watchability for this season, 63% of it, of you say you could do worse with the Cubs. 28% of you say totally worth it uh, for this upcoming season. So uh, check it out at ESPN MLB show and on the phone lines as well. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. If you're listening to the show and you're a baseball fan, you should know the answer to um, the question for your favorite team, the Cubs and the White Sox. Now time to crack open the MLB notebook. Jay Hood's MLB notebook. Let's see what we have here tonight. Um, Tyler, is this your notebook? Is this our notebook or just mine? Well, I send them to you, so we'll, we'll jointly work on this one. Well, I don't think it's you a joint notebook. The, no, I don't think you sent me all of the, the notebook stories. Actually, I, I have some of my own, uh, so I think it's a joint effort. Can we do that? All Works right. for me. All right, great. So let us now look at the Blue Jays. Let me just start there. So I, I knew when before uh, the baseball season started, right, like the, the Blue Jays, the, the Blue Jays have no home. We talked to Richard Deitch, who is a, um, a sports media uh, analyst for The Athletic. He lives in Toronto. And he said, well, because of COVID-19, more than likely the Blue Jays won't be playing uh, at their, in their home ballpark. And I said, well, are they going to play in their spring training ballpark? Dunedin. He wasn't sure about that. Well, Buster Olney was on Golik and Wingo earlier today and say, right now, Blue Jays, they have no home. The Blue Jay situation is a mess. Uh, I mean, we're uh, you know, just a little bit more than a week away from this whole thing getting cranked up, started up, 
and it's still unclear what's going to happen with that team. You know, yesterday they met with officials, uh, health officials in Canada. They're having a conversation because, of course, Canada has a 14-day quarantine rule, which for a team going in and out on road trips is a real difficult situation. Uh, and it's unresolved at this point. And uh, a month ago, the Blue Jays were looking to possibly playing games at Buffalo. Then they ruled that out. Now they're looking at it again. Uh, you know, a health official in Canada yesterday suggested that the Major League Baseball schedule could be altered so that the Blue Jays could be home for an extended period and then they could leave for an extended period. And this doesn't even take into account all the teams that would be coming and going for short series. I would like to be the Blue Jays, and you just don't have a home. Just like that's this is craziness right now, but not surprising because again, that what COVID nineteen and sports tells us is a lot of people don't have a plan. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes on the Blue Jays, see exactly where they're going to play. Chuck Garfine was on earlier today talking about a number of issues, including um, what is going on with Dallas Keuchel, the newest White Sox. What can we see from Keuchel for the twenty twenty season? He looked to be in mid-season form, if that's even possible. And what's got to be encouraging for White Sox fans is, you know, you have this layoff, and yet you, this is not just for the White Sox, this is for every team. You have to ask you the question, what kind of shape are the players going to be when they come back? And how engaged are they going to be? And will they be ready in time? And what you're seeing from the White Sox is that these guys saw it in spring training. Well, they knew before spring training, but they knew they had a chance to do something special, and this, they know where this team is going, not just in 2020, but in the future. And they were, so they saw it in spring training, oh, yeah, we got something here. And during the time off, every single player looks to be, uh, has arrived here ready, and they want to take advantage of this situation, and they're not going to slack off. So they look ready. Keichel and Giolito, who are the top two starters in this rotation, they both look really good so far. And in fact, I felt bad for Keichel. He hadn't given up a hit. And because it was an intra-squad game, they the White Sox just put they opened an inning with men on second and third and nobody out for Keichel. He just kind of like said, hey, we, gotta, we have to have some game situations here, so let's put a couple guys on. And a run scored because of it, but he's he looks really good right now, and um, it's a, it's encouraging to see him and Giolito where they're at right now. Um, so I know you've been waiting for this, Tyler, about uh, Shoatani of the Los Angeles Angels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how about this? I saw this on MLB earlier today on the network. So in 2018, Otani, 49.7 percent pitches in the strike zone, and the average is 48 in the big league. So. He was almost at 50% of his pitches were in the strike zone as a pitcher for the Angels. Now, we take a look at last year's numbers. If Otani's almost at, you know, damn near 50% of the time, he's always around the plate, and he was very, very good. Um, Berrios of the Twins was at 47%. Again, the league average is 48. 47% of the time, Berrios was around the plate. Wheeler was around the plate for the Phillies at 49%. Glass now, who we talked about last night from Tampa, the sleeper of that rotation, uh, he was at 46%. And Lucas Giolito was at 48% uh, as far as pitches around the plate. Now, that was just from 2018. Here's 2019. Giolito went from 48 to 54% of the time uh, with pitches around the strike zone. So that's a big incremental jump 
from 48% of the time to 54% of the time, uh, way more than uh, more than half of the time, he's around the strike zone. And you wonder why Giolito was impressive and got better uh, from one year to the other. He's throwing strikes. That also helps, right? So yeah, there the, you go. the walks and everything. I mean, look at what made you Darvish so good in the second half last year. He started striking more guys out and stopped walking guys. And it's the same thing with Giolito. Why did he go from looking like one of the worst pitchers in baseball as a starter to one of the best pitchers in baseball as a starter. He starts throwing strikes. It is kind of, um, it, it does give you some fear, though. Like, if a pitching coach told you, Tyler, I need you to throw strikes, it's like, okay, I'll throw strikes, but what if they hit him? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you saw yesterday, what was it? Uh, Javi Baez went yard off of uh, off of you, Darvish. So yeah. what happens? And maybe you look at the same thing with John Lester, where you're starting to see the home run numbers against him go up a little bit. Is he trying too much, too hard to throw strikes? Is it something that maybe he's better tailing off a little bit and working around the zone, not necessarily in it? Yeah, like I work. I, if I was a pitcher, I'd work backwards. I don't mind throwing like you know the the, the curveballs and the off-speed stuff, and then set up for the fastball. I don't mind working backwards, but man, like I just need you to throw strikes. Okay. All right, I'll throw strikes. It sounds so juvenile, too, when you put it that way. Like, just throw strikes. But, I mean, there's so like there's a reason why pitchers are weird. It's because they have to think about these things so much, yeah. and, and the reason why pitching is such an art. That, yeah, you're right. You're right. So I, I just want to point out, like, Otani's right there for, at, at 50%, and then Giolito at 54% last year. That's, and so there is a, a slight parallel and, and as Tyler and I are telling you, you know, you throw strikes, you never know what can happen. And so those are really good pitchers that we listed there uh, from MLB uh, Network. Um, from the ringer.com, the 2020 All MLB.TV team. Okay, so taking a look at this, I don't see any Cubs. In, uh, no, I do see a couple of socks on here. All right, so in this, on this list from Michael Bauman from the ringer, the 2020 All MLB.TV team. Realmuto from the Phillies behind the plate. At first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's going to either be a first baseman or DH for Toronto. I, he, he was just so fun to watch. Another he young was awesome. player. That's, he's going to, I mean, guys like him are just going to lead the next generation. I know, yeah. So when the Blue Jays were in town to play the White Sox this past season, I made sure to go see Vlad. I mean, he was one of the guys on my list. I, every year I make a list of like three or four guys I want to see. He was on that list for this for this past season. And he had a home run right over my seat in left field, and it was awesome. <laughs> see, he's right there. So uh, Guerrero Jr., his dad was great, and his son is on the precipice of uh, really breaking out as a star in baseball. Madrigal for the Sox is at second base. Um, it's good to see his name out there if you're a White Sox fan. Last year, across three minor league levels, Madrigal struck out 16 times in 532 plate appearances. In three seasons at Oregon State, uh, where he won a national championship in 2018, he struck out just 37 times in 707 plate appearances. What is he? Tony Gwynn? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, Nick Madrigal, I saw him when he was in the Cape Cod League, and you could not get anything past his bat. He was phenomenal. And to see him now, everything that he did in college and is translating to the pros, I think with a guy like him where the size isn't what's going to get you to the next level, for a guy like him to show that at every level he's been able to achieve it, that's a really good sign for the White Sox. Fernando Tatis, the uh, junior from the San Diego Padres, is a shortstop and over a third. Alex Bregman from the Houston Rock, uh, Houston Astros. Um, let me see the outfield. Mookie Betts, the Dodgers. Definitely, Mookie Betts is a terrific pl- uh, player to watch. Lewis Robert for the White Sox. 
Ah, and they show a video of him falling down as he hits a home run. That was crazy to watch. Shows you how special he is. Um, but by the way, you're looking at him, 22-year-old rookie. Uh, he's got the best uh, years ahead of him for sure. Aaron Judge of the Yankees is an outfielder on this list. Starting pitcher Corey Kluber for the Texas Rangers. Diego Castillo for the Tampa Bay Rays, a relief pitcher. Uh, Shoatani, who we just talked about, a great two-way player, always a must-watch. You don't know what you're going to get from him from game to game. Usually something positive, either on the mound or at the plate. Uh, Mondesi from the Royals are on here, obligatory fast guy, Mondesi. Uh, and Luis Castillo is on this list as well, electrifying pitcher who ought to be more famous. Uh, that rounds out the must-watch list for the ringer.com as far as MLB television. And that is our notebook right here on a Wednesday, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Coming up, we have five questions in five minutes. 545 is next on TBS. Cubs, Sox, so, so much, more. much more. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, that's me, uh, comes your way at 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll hear from Chris Mortensen. NFL ESPN insider will get his thoughts on some of the goings-on with the NFL. We'll get to that. And uh, Kevin Weeks, who uh, is a former goaltender, NHL analyst, we'll hear from Kevin about uh, hockey's right around the corner. So we'll get Kevin's perspective on what we could see with the National Hockey League. Now time for 545. Five topics in five minutes. Tyler, what do we have? All right, Hood, today's topic is the five tools of baseball. So I'm going to have a question surrounding each one. So let's start with everyone's favorite, the long ball, the power. Which player on either side of town is going to see the biggest spike in home runs? Well, can I just tell you that this is a trick question, and it's a rib on me. And, and because we're talking about 60 games. So I will say Tim Anderson and Schwarber, right, on, <laughs> for either side. But let me also add Zach Collins. Let me also add Mendick. Let me also add Ian Happ and Almora. How, how about that? You're going to get a little uh, Nico Horner in there as well, too? Well, it's a trick question. That, it I, is, I, but I, on a per-game basis, who do you think can actually see their numbers go up? See, I can't. See, you can't do that to me. So you think I'm, I'm, I'm not very bright, which I'm not. But the point is, like, you can't give me, like, like if I told you Abreu, 33 home runs last year, He's going to have more than that in 60 games? No. Well, he's not, but like on a per-at-bat basis. I will, Okay, well, Anderson had 18, so why can't he hit 20? Or, no, or, I think that's perfectly fair. Now, now these spikes are incremental now because it can't be like 18 to like 40. That's not going to happen, even right. if the ball is juicy. I don't see that. So, like, can I throw Adam Engel in there? Can he have more than six? He'll have eight. Can I do that? Because <laughs> it's a trick question. Yeah. In the 60 games, I like it, though. All right. Next up, we'll go to the speed. So, last season, the Cubs were third to last in going from second to home. And last season, the White Sox were ninth best in going from second to home. And that's going to be a big thing here in 2020 because of the new extra innings rule where you get to put a runner on second base to start extra innings. Now, it's going to be the last batted out of the prior inning. However, you can pinch run for guys. So I ask you, on each side of town, who do you want on second base in extra innings? Well, man, if I – I mean, 
here, here's the thing. Like, on the benches for either team, it, it not no one really stands out as far as excitement for me. But obviously, you know, you look at the top and Lewis Robert, right? Because of the speed he has, he's 22. I think that he'd be great. Anderson's on top of that list. Uh, but for the Cubs, that's the thing. Station to station. We, we addressed this already this week, how bad they were on the base pass, one, and how they went uh, the wrong direction in stolen bases. So I, now i got to look at it from a fun standpoint. I need to see Schwarber and Bodie out there at second base. Oh, no. It's, now I want to see the fun. Now I want to see Lester over at second base. Let's, let's get him <laughs> over there. Now, because who's fast outside of Well, Baez? here's the thing is Chris Bryan is one of the better base runners, and especially going first to third. So maybe that translates going second to home as well. I want I want to see Lester out there. I want to see him <laughs> lumbering around because now I need entertainment since I don't get the speed from Robert and Anderson. All right. We'll go to fielding now. And in the past, we've seen Joe Madden. He got really creative with putting guys in different positions, whether it was Brian in left, Wilson Contreras at first base or left field. David Bodie's played pretty much everywhere. Will we see the same trend continue with David Ross? All right, Tyler. Now you're going to get me to be old grumpy baseball guy because that, that, now that's not usually me, right? I'm more progressive and really into the the new stats and everything. But I didn't like to see Bryant over at first base, left field, right field like he was under Madden. He's a third baseman. He should be over there 140 plus games a year. Um, I know Contreras had to play right field last year because of a roster issue for the Cubs in a game that they lost. Um, Riz, I don't want to see Rizzo at third or him as a catcher, even though it'd be awesome. But I don't want to see, see uh, you know something mm-hmm. crazy like that. I don't think that Ross should do what Madden did. Just just allow Bryant and others to just play their positions in these sixty games. All right. Next, we've got batting average. Does a sixty game season help or hurt Tim Anderson's chances of holding on to the AL batting title? I would say it hurts his chances uh, because of the limited games. Remember. We just talked about the 18 home runs he hit last year in 518 plate appearances. Tyler, I, I just think that I just think that um, he might have another 18, and it might not be enough. I don't know if the ball is going to be juiced this year or not, but I just don't think that um, his 18 home runs, along with his 335 batting average, will be able to be um, the same as we saw from last year. I just I don't foresee that. I see there might be a little bit of a dip. I'd love to see it, but I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, maybe the veteran presence, too, of the fact that Jose Altuve, he's just done it a lot more. So that is something that can certainly play a factor as well. All right, last one for you here. Let's look nationally. Joanna Cespedes has one of the best arms in baseball. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole yesterday of Joanna Cespedes outfield assists, and he really hasn't been in baseball these last couple of years with injuries and everything. So with his return to the Mets, they are now the blank best team in the NL East. The best team in the NL East. Okay, wow. How about that? Because I already like their pitching, right? And again, we saw with DeGrom. Let's see. I think this might be just temporary. I would say that they would be the best. In a 60-game sample size, I would say they're the best. I saw Cespedes uh, run a little bit. It was a little, it was a little hard to watch him try to get around the bases <laughs> a little bit. That wasn't very good. But I'm going to say that uh, uh, when he's on, I think that he can be the guy. I always liked some of the pitching from the, the Mets anyway. So I would say with him, Alonzo, uh, Jeff McNeil, uh, Davis, I just think that, that could, they could be able to run away with this thing in a short sample size of 60 games. And Marcus Stroman, too. So, Stroman, yeah. so fun on the pitching mound as well. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I haven't made like, official predictions yet, but I would say that if you get anything from, from Cespedes, 
just a sample size, he can only enhance what they already have offensively. So there you go. Yep. And that, my friends, is our um, five for five right here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. And we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Under the Hood comes your way in two minutes. You've been listening to the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at 6 for the Baseball Show, presented by the Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000.